and welcome to Cocktails and Roses. I'm Osha Ginsberg, and it's a very good day, good morning, good evening, wherever you are and however you're listening to this. Alicia Aitken-Radburn, how are things on the western coast of Australia? It is beautiful and we've got some sunshine here in Perth and we are getting to the end of lucky season. We're getting closer and closer to Ellie and Becky which I am so intrigued about. Oh, right. Are you so, okay, to Ellie and Becky, the bachelorettes. Yes. Uh, which is, uh, it's a trick when you're me and you've got horrible hearing damage from too many years in the music industry and the impossibility to hear the letter S at the end of a word. <laughs> <laughs> and what's worse, now everyone's wearing masks. I can't lip read anymore, so I have to wear my hearing aids otherwise I'm stuffed. Anyway, enough about old man complaints. We're talking about episodes 11 and 12 of The Bachelor, locky season of The Bachelor. There's a couple of big blobs this week, the final group date, and what a group date it was, and the final four ladies revealed. We're getting close to the end here, Alicia. Are you are you excited? How are you feeling about Lockie's story coming to its uh, climax? Well, we're at hometowns. I can't believe it. Also, here's a question, Osha. Uh, what, what are we to expect from hometowns? What's, what does hometowns look like in a COVID-safe environment? <laughs> we'll talk about all that and more as we move through. Now, if you haven't watched episode 11 and 12 by now, that's okay. You can watch on Catch Up. Just pause this podcast, go find 10play.com.au slash into the bachelor. And that's not the actual website. Just go and find the bachelor and uh, watch 11 and 12. And uh, we'll see you on the other side. Let's do this. All right, we move into the first group date on the other side of lockdown. Everyone's back. Uh, at the mansion, um, that they've, they've seen each other, and, and Lockie, he um, he's not as we saw in lockdown. He's not afraid to get nude quick, is he? Oh my gosh! I think I saw more than I was ever expecting to see. Let's just say those bubbles were not particularly doing their job in that bath. Uh, yeah, yeah. And the first group date involved making your mark on The Bachelor, and he stood there. In his boxes. And once again, look, I know we have a lot of sponsors on the show, but please, oh, for the love of everything, can we get Lockie a decent boxer short sponsor? I mean, good Lord, Lock. Honestly, surely like Honey Badger has a hookup. Always, always leave the house in the A game. Don't ever leave the house with the standbys. Always mm. go with the gold. Always go with the lucky ones, mate. He's standing there again, once again, in these... in these. Now, look, bear in mind, the man hasn't been touched physically in about, look, to be honest, it was probably about 10 weeks. So thankfully, Joe, our director, was very kind to him and used some uh, exquisite, uh, shall we say, foreground masking and a few <laughs> wide-angle lenses there. I thought this was so ambitious that Lockie was willing to stand there and just have women fondle him, basically. <laughs> and... <Yeah>. Uh, <laughs> That's a very different show. <laughs> yep. And, and definitely, you know, shooting him from the waist up was a probably, you know, wise at some of those <laughs> moments there. Let's be honest. Lockdown's been hard for Lockie, clearly, because <laughs> uh, we had we had Georgia Grace, who you kindly referred to as an intimacy expert. But I she is. Out, well, I sussed out a website and she likes to go for a uh, certified Australian sex coach. <laughs> and she and that's what she is. And but look, let's be honest. We are dealing with the primetime mainstream, you know, network television show that people at a seven thirty time slot. You can't really call someone a sex coach. 
at seven thirty well, if they're watching with their ten year olds. All right, so I've, you kind of got to you got to fly it over the tops of the little ones who might be might be watching before mum and dad can bundle them off to bed. I think that Lockie was very happy that uh, the intimacy expert was in the mansion because, and I also noticed he was very quick to give consent. Uh, Georgia Grace did ask him, Lockie, look, like just before we get this show on the road, is there any way you don't feel comfortable being touched? And, yeah, no, he was more than happy to let the girl. Go for gold was his... was his line. Who had the best move? Who do you think? Oh, look, like it's got to be Steph. I can't believe that Steph went in for a kiss in a setting where he's blindfolded. That is like surely she must have had some sort of pep talks from (laughs) the other girls. Like, here you go. This is your moment. Like, don't worry about it. Like, pull your move here and now. Because she did, you know, she did end up getting that extra time, jumping forward a bit. But her, her move just was streets ahead of the other girls. And I think it's so interesting that this in this environment, something I love about this show is that we don't we don't have fantasy suites in the Australian no, Bachelor like we do. So basically this is our fantasy suite. Yeah. So let's just explore just you may need to explain for anyone who hasn't seen the American version of the show, it's the original format. It's like the original the original McDonald's restaurant that everybody copied. All right. So the original American format the Bachelor has a fantasy suite section right before we go to the finale. Can you explain to people what the fantasy suite is? Oh, it's basically like hometowns, but um, <laughs> adult <laughs> hometowns. Uh, in what? What? I mean, it really speaks for itself. In a fantasy suite, in a really nicely decked out room, I guess. But it's essentially it's a sleepover, right? Yeah, it's a sleepover. Uh, with with the with the underlying connotation be that they um, consummate their relationship. But That's on, right. on the Australian version with our intimacy coach, we are sticking to kisses on the chest and love hearts being drawn. And I, and I do find that interesting. Having been having done this episode, having done this show for eight seasons now, you know, I do find interesting how conservative Australians are when it does come to portrayals of sex and sexuality in the mainstream public eye. We are we are still very, very uncomfortable with a woman uh, like, say, for example, Abby on the bachelor, on Bachelor in Paradise. We're very uncomfortable with a woman being sexually as forward as a man in exactly the same way way exactly the same way we're very uncomfortable seeing that we have extraordinary double standards and to the point where if we did see a woman uh choose consentingly on camera to go oh no this is good i'm in for a sleepover let's see what's happening here let's see if everything works and let's see if because you've got to go on all the rides at disneyland before you find the one you want to stay on all day let's be honest you want to figure out you want to figure out early you know if this is worth it the interesting thing for me there as well is this this is just like one of my favorite things to dissect people are uncomfortable with a Woman, it's almost like we need the romance to be okay with a woman being sexually charged, I guess, because I've often thought about um, the different reactions to me and Abby in Paradise. And 
I I don't I don't exactly I can't really pinpoint what it is, but I explicitly said I'm horny for Glenn. Why am I so horny for Glenn? And I think that people um, not that it's correct, but I think that people are more comfortable with that something like that when it's in a ro- more of an explicit romantic context, um, which I don't think is right. And I think we probably need to move past that because people can be horny for each other regardless of whether they're going to end up yeah. standing at a commitment ceremony at the end. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. You've, I think you've really hit the nail on the head. But uh, and I think this is the reason why we don't have the fantasy suites because once we get, in my opinion, and I'm you know just this is me. This is not speaking uh, for anything else. But I reckon b- by the end of the show, if our say our bachelorette is standing there with two guys. Um, who has, and she's been through the fantasy suite with both of them, and there's been consummation on both sides. How would we as Australians feel about her telling one, no, it's not there, and telling the other one, I love you, all right? Versus the other way around, if we had a bachelor standing there at the end and two bachelorettes, and there had been a consummation at a fantasy suite, and he says, nah, for one, it's not there, and the other one, I love you, we'd be going, aww. Yeah, it's interesting. You know what I mean? I tell you what is also interesting, Osha. What did you think of the, uh, how do I describe this? Where our conflict is not over fantasy suites, but it's over a love heart being drawn over a lipstick mark. Well, I think from what I can gather, Bella clearly has um, some lineage back to the extraordinary uh, graffiti wars that overtook the streets of Melbourne in the late 80s, early 90s, where if you tagged over someone else's burner, then it was on. It was on at the Dandenong train station. (sighs) That's what's essentially happened. She's tagged toy over the top of Bella's burner, and that's it. I did the sleuthing here anyway, and I yeah. think that Irina was mostly in the clear because I did a lot of pausing on my uh, on my clip, and it was clear it was clear that Bella's kiss mark was underneath the second flourishing line. What's going on in, there? What's going on the- there, Alicia? Why do you why do you keep rewinding and pausing over Lockie's abs there? <laughs> Over uh, his- leash, what's go- nothing, Glenn. Nothing. Everything's fine, Glenn. I'm just have to go back and slow mo. Why are you slow moing the part where she licks his? No, it's fine. It's fine. Go back and it's do your research. thing, Glenn. It's research. research. It was just clearly underneath the second flourishing line in the H in his strength and honor tattoo. <laughs> oh, you really did. You got pinching zoom, pinching zoom. <laughs> it was your only a little. Is- I, I take this podcast very seriously, Osha. I know you do. So <laughs> I, I, I say basically you're saying this is uh, this is all a bit of a blow up. Yeah. Well, once the girls are relaxing with their Magnum ice creams, and then oh my gosh. Okay, this I also picked this up, Osha. You um, you know how we discussed earlier in the season that you always just subtly um, you when you're doing a toast to the girls or trying to get their attention, you're just slamming your wedding ring against your, the glass. Not not slamming, <laughs> delicately clinking. Oh, delicately. Yeah, it's correct. And when you're clinking your wedding ring, also um, the girls are kicking off, right? And of course, you just come up with the best line. Uh, so, Irina, tell me why you painted the heart on Loki's chest. Just asking questions, just trying to get to the bottom of it. Uh, but Steph, uh, it didn't make the cut, but Steph was really, really self-conscious that she, and it was quite a intimate 
hash, let's be it honest. It was the most intimate patch we've seen all season, yeah. which is so interesting yeah. because um, at just – to spend one second on this, Lockie hasn't really been doing a lot of tongue action. He's been keeping it pretty low key. And maybe just because he's blindfolded, he thinks, oh, here we go. I've got permission now. That was one of the hotter kisses. So Steph should not be worried. I think, think, look, let's be honest. uh, He had a super coach on the sidelines. He had Georgia Grace on the sidelines telling him to go for it. And Steph was actually really worried about pashing on camera in front of her parents. Oh, uh, it was know. a parent thing. So it wasn't like yeah. a, because I've been nervous. I remember, because obviously I didn't kiss the honey badger. Um, that love, love story that never happened, unfortunately. <laughs> didn't, didn't happen for anyone. But I remember going into my first season of Paradise and being super nervous about that first kiss. Once I got the first kiss out of the way, I was good. I just (laughs) made my way around the island, basically. And and look, what did it get her? It got her a beautiful single date at the pinnacle of romance, the Sydney Olympic Park Novotel. I feel like there's probably been quite a lot of romance at the Novotel or Sydney Olympic Park. I'm sure there's like... It was for many years. It was the site of the Australian Aria Awards official after party. So uh, I can't tell you this. I can't tell you this from experience um, that that was where all the uh, all the industry people would book their rooms for the night, um, so they didn't have to drive back uh, to you know, and and the party would just kind of carry on. So it is a fair amount of romance at the beautiful Sydney Olympic Park Novotel. Uh, but Steph, beautiful lady, funny, committed absolutely into it as we saw when she dressed up as a man but just the, the, the stars and planets didn't align did they yeah Lockie's not feeling it and I was sort of surprised I always get a little bit surprised by this because I guess for me laughter and banter is an important part of a relationship but I guess what they were missing was you know there's a difference between having banter as friends and flirtatious, like emotionally charged banter where it's like we are sort of, it's almost like a bit of a performance with each other where you're both throwing back flirtatious banter and it leads somewhere else. But it did feel like Lockie was not picking up her cat memes or whatever she was, yeah, whatever moves she was throwing out during lockdown. I, I've, look, I'm, I do not think that our beautiful Steph will have any problem at all finding romance with the right person in her life. She's clearly a massive, massive catch. It just didn't seem to click with Locke. And I uh, felt bad did- for her because the, um, you know, by the end of the day, we're always searching for that rose and it must be just so nerve wracking. Again, like it hasn't happened to me on The Bachelor because I never got one on one time rude honey badger um but it must be hard when you're sitting there and you're like waiting for that climax meaning you get a rose and it just isn't coming and then the date's wrapped up and then you're piled back into the van to go back to the mansion if you're a prospective bachelor and you're listening to the show as a researcher if you're in like the pre-bubble lockdown kind of figuring out what the hell you're going to do as the bachelor sam would it mate if you're not feeling on the single date in my opinion be, the, be, the, be a big man, Sam would it, and say goodnight right there and then. Don't make him wait another couple of days for a rose ceremony. Uh, Irina got a big, uh, fabulous, super exciting mountain biking date, uh, which is probably a little more fun than fencing. 
uh, that's uh-huh. still what's involved. A little sexier. It, We're like really raising the stakes with the sexiness for Irina's yeah. date. She's got her helmet off this time, which is good. Yeah. She was talking in the mansion. People kind of accused her of like, oh, she doesn't even like hiking. But um, it, it's apparently that, you know, in, incorrect. She's right into it, right? Well, look, obviously, this is my role on this podcast. I am the Instagram sleuth. Her Instagram yeah. bio literally says, earth lover (laughs) like I mean you assume she sort of likes hiking um but to take that a little bit deeper I'm I'm jury is still a little bit out for me because it's a bit of column a bit of column b I did notice that and this is really getting insidery but I did notice that around sort of mid-may Irina has done a double post of like two hikes and I imagine that May was sort of right bit of We were mid lockdown. Oh my god. So you're saying are you saying are you saying that there's like an active campaign of propaganda going on? She's like all doing I'm a saying, All I'm saying is she's a smart woman and sometimes messaging is important and her she, She's and done then, a she's done a leaflet drop. She's done a leaflet drop over the over the iron curtain. <laughs> yeah, and, and her and her leaflet drop is an Instagram post on the eighteenth of May, climbing a rock with the caption "Escape" and a mountain emoji. <laughs> oh my god, that is totally the right timing. Yeah. Oh wow, yeah. what an incredible what an incredible revelation. That is exactly the right timing. We were in full we was we hadn't got back to the mansion at that point. I game game is game. But that wow. that that being said, like I do think that she was doing a bit of positioning. You know, Lockie's uh, just at home sussing out his future wives. We haven't determined exactly which one it will be yet. And if you see, you know, oh wow, okay, yep, tick for Irina. That being said, if you go back in her Instagram, she does, there's a bit of consistency here. She's got like okay. a 2017 post with her golden retriever up some mountain. So I'm, I'm, I'm buying it at this stage. Right. If I'm not, I'm still like, yes, whoa, well played, yeah. Irina. Oh, I'm well just like respect. She deserves it Look, now. Look, let's, let's be honest. At that point, he's, I don't think he would have been able to put his phone down for five seconds. It would have been blowing oh. up between the DMs and the texts and the FaceTimes and the Zoom calls. He would have been like flat out all day. Exhausting. All day. Exhausting. Like a, like a prep chef in a delivery kitchen just trying to get everything ready. You gotta keep it all, keep it all on the boil, gotta keep it all on the boil. Keep it all on the boil. <laughs> oh. Um, so in this date, Irina, and this is her second date, let's remember. She's already, we've already had um a I am falling in love with you. And oh. and it's pretty early on for like I, I would call them um like this is this is um in this is serious batch fandom uh love levels she's already thrown out she's moved from like a i'm attracted to him to she's thrown out the i am falling in love with you interesting because i actually I think it's a good, even though it's early, even though it's second date, we are quite, we're getting deep in the show. We're just before hometowns. I think it's a good time to pull the I 
am falling in love with you because I always get confused when we move so quickly from I am falling in love with you to I love you. Like when I was in paradise, I specifically chose to vocalize to Glenn, I have been falling in love with you with the undertone being that I was already in love with him. So the ah. next, when we, when we arrived at the commitment ceremony the next day, it didn't, it wasn't weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big leap in 24 hours. Yeah. I, I don't know if, uh, if Lockie knew what to do with it, but he's, he he's looking. He's hitting hitting the gas pretty quickly. He thinks he can see kids. He can see a house. It's all it's all flashing before his very eyes. Very different to Izzy's date, um, which is a uh, look. We've been here for a long time, and he's playing getting to know you stuff with Izzy. Um, do you reckon they were, either of them were taking it very seriously? Oh look, I think they I think they were taking it seriously, but I do think it is really interesting what you raise, Osha, about, you know, he does have the kids and the house flashing before his eyes with Irina. And then when we get to the Izzy date, it sort of shows how we very subtly amend how we present what we want our future to be depending on what our partner is. We tend to reflect what the person we are with um, and it's not it's not a crazy leap because I'm imagining you know Lockie is what in his early thirties. He, yeah, he's just like, turned thirty. Yeah, kids in a house are not that far into the future. Like it's it's probably something coming up for him at some point. But the way that he's framed it with Irina, it probably seems a little sooner. Whereas with Izzy, it's more of a. Uh, in five years, let's say. <laughs> and they could they could factually, like the timeline could be the same. It's just about how you frame it up. What do you what do you think about the whole timeline business? Well look, I'm I'm just gonna tell you this, and this is for any any men who are listening. I can't speak on behalf of women. Uh I'm, I'm I would never ever possibly consider you know, anything to do with any kind of, you know, timing-wise as far as uh, timelines, as far as children for women to concern. But I will tell you this. I'm 46 years old. I'm looking at a bilateral hip replacement, all right, because both my hips are toast. I know how much running around it takes to look after my 16-year-old, right? My one-year-old is going to be 16 when I'm 61, all right? <laughs> I just still can't believe you're 46, Osha. Yeah, 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 I'm old. Uh, so, like, don't waste time, man. Get it done. Get, yeah. Just make it happen. Because you know, Glenn, yeah, if you're listening yeah. to this podcast. The amount of running around, the amount of running around, the amount of, like, kind of being on point. Because at some point you're just like, Oh, yeah, f- yeah, fuck it. You can all come over. Yeah, I don't give a shit if you're smoking and taking drugs in the house. You just couldn't be fucked to get off the couch. You know, palms, you don't palms, want that. You have to be over. on point. You have to you have to show the kid. They're like, no, you know, this is the house. This is the rules. Sorry, am I allowed to swear on this show? I have now. Yeah, um, you know, seriously, Locke, kind of times now. There's no time like the present. Let Let's be honest. Like when, because I'm so old. When I was eight, my mum had me when I was when she was forty thirty four. All right, mum had me when she was thirty four. So there were kids when I was eight. Their mums were twenty five. Because yeah. it was Brisbane and it was the 70s and you left school, you got pregnant, 
bang. Now, I'm not saying you go that early, but crikey, Audrey had G when she was 23. And so <laughs> she's like, done, sold. <laughs> wow, great. okay. This is like I'm sitting here, 28, Glenn, 33. <laughs> Don't give me any ideas, done, Glenn. Start doing, Start doing some maths, Glenn. Start thinking forward, like add... <laughs> You want to add like between thirteen and eighteen years on your age right now. Oh, that's when you have to. You're going to have to be at your A game to deal with a teenage situation. You cannot faff around with it. So don't wait around. <laughs> what did you think of this? It's it, all the, the cocktail party. Juliet's just laid it out to lock in. She's like, I haven't had a single day. Plus, I've got every verified TikTok star in my DM. Look, I totally understand. Juliet's situation. All right. I personally, I do not edit the show. Uh, I get why they played it with this way and edit because it was pretty funny when we suddenly end up in the car. But come on. To oh get my through gosh. lockdown, to get to this spot, to not have a single date, not one single date, I would be I would be spitting chips as well. I'd be like, what the what am I doing here? Come on, man. Yeah. Like, to be boasting about the people in your DMs, whatever you need. But I get why she's reaching for things to justify her position of, I don't need to be here. I understand. This is a long time by now, a long time from the end of, well, the start of March until June. That's a long, that's a long time to not be thrown a, you know, thrown a lifeline. I just think that it was like, I, I I respect it, to be honest. I'm imagining that like you must reach a critical mass where you're like, okay, I've been here long enough. I've gone through enough episodes. I've had my face on TV enough that uh, that verified TikTok star is going to want me to be his wife. I'm going to like, sorry, Lockie, I'm leaving you in the dust. I'm going to go date like... I don't know who's famous on TikTok. I'm 28, so I'm old. <laughs> so we have to get to the massive moment here. Oh. The the Bella, the tears from Bella. And uh, Steph, what does she say to Steph? What does Steph say to her? Uh, it's okay to feel the feelings that you're feeling. I swear I've seen that on Instagram <laughs> at some point. You know, in a Helvetica font. With someone hiking with their back towards us with a Labrador. I like it. I thought, I think that's a nice thing to say to somebody. Sometimes you just have to, because what Steph is trying to do is validate her feelings. But but should they have been validated? Because this fits into a larger narrative of uh, Bella v. Irina and it really all reaches a um, peak at during the rose ceremony, and I love a good dramatic rose ceremony walkout. Well, you know what I love? I love it when we go full Survivor and we subtitle the whispers. That's oh, why I love it. You know, people ask me often, why do I whisper on the show? It's like one day I just want to get the gold medal of whispering so much that they have to subtitle me. I haven't got there yet, but that's what happened with Bella and Lockie. We had to subtitle the whispering. What did you make of this? What did you, can you reverse engineer what was possibly going on with Bella? What do you think is happening? Well, I think that this is, I think that love in lockdown has actually added such an incredible element to this show um, in the sense that we referenced it a few episodes ago. Usually you, usually the girls are on a lot more of a level playing field and, 
uh, or at least, if not a level playing field, everyone is, having been in the mansion myself, you are aware of the Bachelor's relationships with other women. And I think what Love in Lockdown has done is um, put that in the shadows and no one is really sure where they stand. And so this hectic subtitling where uh, it says, like, Bella's, I've been messaging you every day for three months. Irina means nothing to me in the big scheme of things. There's so much more depth to this and us. That is just, to me, I am very intrigued about what Lockie and Bella's chat has looked like in Love in Lockdown. Like how serious has that gotten that she thinks that she basically is framing it up like she's the winner? Do you reckon Lockie's like, I was so there and now I'm not? What do you reckon? Oh, I think that for me it's a difficult it's a difficult situation because I do think that boundary setting is important in relationships. But we're on the bachelor and you just have to hold in there for a second and be confident in your relationship. And you do see it reflected in real life relationships. Like when you're out at the bar, if you're going off at your partner for every woman that they're, you know, having a conversation with, you're going to sabotage your relationship because it shows that you don't trust your partner. Um, so I, I, it's going to be really interesting to see. I mean, we'll get to it. Hang on it. a second. I just, I want to see that, what you just said. I want to see that in Helvetica font with someone at the top of the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> Our socials team is doing a good job of supplying me with some uh, profound yeah, quotes. They are, and they're all yours too. You're brilliant. <laughs> um, so... It's going to be interesting to see if Bella keeps in this cycle that you're talking about because it's going to go the way of Roxy if we just continue to go around in circles. And unfortunately, after all that drama, we've said goodbye. I mean, he sort of has done a Sam Wood. He said goodbye to Steph. It wasn't in the the one-on-one time, but it's pretty... You know, he's clearly identified they were friends and she's head home. And also Maddie, who was a bit of a Glenn, I've got to say. She stuck around for a while, but (laughs) we didn't get to learn too much about Maddie, so maybe she'll turn up in paradise and have a Glenn triumphant (laughs) redemption story. So we need to take a quick break. I'm a bit out of sorts because we've had a bunch of, like, the my, my cycle's all out of whack because we're having rose ceremonies in the middle of the show and I don't know what to do with myself when we're not building to that climax, uh, building to that release of someone leaving. I don't know how many more double entendres I can get into this show. It must be all the Georgia Grace working. Uh, um, but we're going to talk about the final group date and uh, then we need to talk a little bit about the uh, the, the one-on-one with, with Bella. So stick around. Hey, Husey here. You can't get enough of Husey. We have a problem. Channel 10's hit show. Well, now there's more to get. We've got a podcast. Find it at your favourite podcast app. So back at the mansion, uh, Bella is really reluctant to talk about what happened between her and Lockie. Like, is it any surprise she doesn't want the other girls to know? Uh, what she's been talking to Locke about? 
Yeah, I think it's always, it's that case where you, something's gone down and then you try and like step it back the morning after. You're like, oh no, like it was, it was okay. It's all good. Um, I thought what was really interesting in this chat with the girls is that Bella is really like, we're still getting all of that language about how like she's basically talking to the girls like she's one. And I think that as much like as much as she's saying that he's got he has a strong connection with her, but also has strong connections with the other women. I think it is evident more and more we're seeing the narrative that is in Bella's mind come to the fore that she's standing there at the end and Nothing else really. Everything else is a speed bump. Beck is having an interesting one at this final group date. She's, she says there's a bit of normality. All right, because nothing's quite <laughs> normal than, than eating food with the boyfriend that you're also dating. <sighs> Sister wives. And now we've got, this, um, we've got this fabulous date that crops up. You know, it's a common feature of this time it's, in the show. It's up show. there with the photo shoot. Like, it's up there with the photo shoot. Photo yes. shoot date is always the first one and the, the, the write it down and tell them out loud <laughs> stuff. We, find, we always find different ways to do it. Sometimes, sometimes we really leverage it in there and go, this is your wedding toast or some, you know, we put them in bra. We've done that with Matty J. We did that. We put them in, in, in wedding gowns and stuff. Uh, but, yeah, this is, it's an important thing. It's like a mechanic that we're trying to use to go, okay, because it's television, we don't know how you're feeling unless you tell us. And so we have to figure out ways to get you to say it out loud. And this is actually, this is actually pretty good. Oh, I thought they I thought they all did such a good job. Um, but it's pretty hectic and I think this is where I'd say the main franchise uh deviates is the wrong word, but is different to Bachelor in Paradise in the sense that like this is already commitment ceremony stuff. Yeah. Like this is what I was sitting down writing in my little notebook, trying to really land on my feelings for Glenn. They are doing this now and they're having to watch everyone else tell their feelings as well. It's pretty hectic. Irena's conversation will toast to Lockie. They both get a bit teary here. Um, which is actually quite a nice watching the two of them have that moment, watching Lockie have an authentic emotional response. I've got to say, like of all our bachelors, Lockie's emotions on camera have been hands down the most unguarded, the most authentic. He is just paper thin. There's no veil yep. whatsoever. Some, I won't say, but some bachelors, uh, you know, they're like, where's the camera? Where's the light? Okay. Oh, yes, I'm so happy. You know, they'll, I, you know, it does happen, but Lockie, no way. Lockie is absolutely what you see is what you get, and it's glorious. He makes a great bachelor because you know exactly what he's thinking because you just look at him and he's there. And he gets right into it, Irina. It's lovely. Irina's toast was – I really enjoyed it as well because – she really formatted it rather than formatting it as a commitment ceremony speech. She actually did a toast and you could tell that she, she had really reflected on her experience to this point and toasted to Lockie and toasted to uh, like some of the stuff that she was saying was very vulnerable saying that uh, he had shown her like brought something out of her that she had thought was, um, she'd lost in the last couple of years. And yeah. without directly referencing 
she doesn't have to directly reference what's happened to her in the past because I think a lot of people have been there where they have felt that they their personality has been become lost along the way and I think it's a very powerful thing to say to somebody it's essentially like saying um someone said to me about an ex-boyfriend that what it was wasn't a healthy relationship they said to me he dulls your shine and and I think that I think that this is the opposite Irene is really saying you you make me shine and I think that's why it was so powerful and why they did have that sort of electric moment where they were both standing there acknowledging what had happened so far it's quite it's quite lovely and I'm happy to hear that you've found someone that makes you shine that's really nice no thanks we move to the if there's one thing that bachelor loves and because like again we're prime time we are mainstream we're network we have to paint in primary colors we're not using the technique lego we're using the big duplo bricks we have to make it as big as possible uh just so everyone can understand it so using symbolism as subtle as a baseball bat to the knee Lockie and Bella break a plate and then repair it using gold the japanese art form of kintsugi oh is this a is this a metaphor for them <laughs> trying to repair their relationship? Look at you, date producers. Look at you guys go. This is Brilliant. so funny because, like, we I'm sitting watching this and I looked at Glenn and I was like, wow, this is like um, sometimes I just have really earnest moments and I'm like, wow, this is such good timing for this date because, you know, they've had a bit of, like, rough time and now they're putting it back together. And he, like, looked at me and he was like, Alicia, you've been on three of these shows. Like, come on. <laughs> Hang on a second. You're watching these quarantined, you're watching these embargoed episodes with your partner. Has he signed an NDA? Uh, do you think that Glenn's going to tell anyone? I, don't know. <laughs> I just imagine he's gossiping with as he installs air cons around Perth, being like, wow, Bella and Irina, can you believe what's happening in episode 12? <laughs> he said someone's roof on a 42-degree day. Um <laughs> It was a. It was pretty. It was pretty interesting. Bella, um, h- how would you describe the way that she? I mean, you're someone who's got a background in political communications. How would you rate her ability to frame what she said about Irina at the uh, rose ceremony? Look, she's spinning it. She's spinning it. She's spinning it. But uh, yeah. I still think to go back to our metaphor of the date. As beautiful as that gold is that's putting those cracks together, you can still see the cracks. They're still there. (laughs) (laughs) And will it be stronger? I don't know. What would happen if you smashed that plate again? Would it smash? (laughs) I don't know. But Lockie did did kind of betray himself a bit. You can actually hear. And this is what I love about Lockie because he's just an open book. He cannot hide anything. And you can even hear... The the two voices on his shoulders, you know, the 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 you know the 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 encouragement to do good and the encouragement to do bad. You can hear them having a conversation out of his mouth at the same time. <laughs> he actually says, "She really pisses me off," and this, that, and the other. But then I look into those big, beautiful eyes, and oh, I'm just gone. But then I'm like, really, like Lockie. <laughs> you can hear the two sides of his of his consciousness speaking to each other, and it's brilliant because he's verbalizing exactly what he knows. Um, and then he goes, oh, but he's just lost. He's lost to it. His hormones win the day. 
Lockie loves a good set of eyes, I've noticed through this series. <laughs> We've had lots of eye references. Um, and that brings us really to, you know, we heard it from Irina earlier. Bella is now sharing with Lockie that she is falling in love with him. Bella and Irina, clearly their emotions towards Locke, are, they've put it out on the line. They've really, it's all out there in the bright sunlight for him to see. Um Irina, very, very emotionally, very vulnerable, uh, which is really important, you know, to, to when those tears come. That That's the, you know, you know, I talk about this a lot on, on my podcast. You can't have love without the fear of losing love, all right? And those tears are really that, you know. She's, she's definitely gone to the point of going, look, this is what I'm feeling for you, and then now I'm faced with the reality that it might not be there. And that that's a real sign that there's true emotion there. She says she's waited she's waited her entire life for him. Do you reckon that sunk in? Yeah, I think that it was really difficult to watch Irene become so upset. And I think there is something like I'm I'm no psychologist, but there's something to be analyzed there between Bella's reactions and Irena's reactions because Irena is also viewing stuff that's happening and becoming emotional about it. But I think it's probably that she sort of um, there's there's something really authentic about Irena's reaction that she's sort of internalized it all, and she's not really she's not like attacking's the wrong word, but she's not like projecting onto other people that you are the reason why I could stand to lose Lockie. She's almost just going within herself and becoming upset that the possibility could be evading her, uh, which I think is very subtle, but it is different. It's the same situation. I always like to take it back to this analogy that I've used a lot in my life. It's the difference between someone thinking that their wallet has been stolen or that they've misplaced their wallet. Someone is someone is saying uh, someone else has done this onto me rather than their first thought being, oh gosh, like what have I done that could be that my wallet is gone astray. And I think twice in one episode, Alicia Aitken Radburn with the wisdom. You can get her new self-help book at her seminar, Where Is Your Wallet? Coming to an online Zoom near you. Subscribe to her PDF and her online course. Uh, we lost Caitlin, our earliest intruder, our earliest intruder ever in the history of The Bachelor. Caitlin, who showed up in episode two, she left at this uh, rose ceremony. And our final four, ladies and gentlemen, Bella, Izzy, Beck. And Irina, we're off to the zooming, zing, zooming, zoomy, zoomy hometowns uh, <laughs> next oh, week. Oh, really? Is well, that- the borders are shut. You can't fly anywhere. There's like lockdowns and quarantines. What do you expect us to do? Okay, true. My my copy didn't have the next week on The Bachelor. So thank oh, it's you. We for don't trust that. Glenn. That's why. <laughs> Everybody on this show, we we very much are very happy that you're listening to this show. We know you're listening to the show because you're a fan of The Bachelor, and we are very happy to be able to say that we have scoured the Channel 10 prize cupboard. And boy, oh boy, this pen and notebook that we found this week. <laughs> pen, pen and a notebook. People like I love people are going crazy over the quiz because of the stellar prizes that we provide here. Stellar prize, you know, like. 
some people give away thousands of dollars. We have a pen and an notebook. Now, bear in mind, though, this is custom Channel 10 merchandise, probably from a show that isn't on air anymore. So if you want your Jasmine's Getting Married uh, pen and notebook or your renovator's cap, you know where to come. <laughs> <laughs> Cocktails and roses. Oh, just our producer's just like, oh my god, I think I worked on that show. <laughs> they ordered like twenty episodes of it. I can't believe it. It was amazing. Um, all right. So, our, if you want to be a part of our quiz, podcast at network ten Podcast singular at network ten dot com dot au. We're going to get Steph on the phone here. Let me just dial her number up. Uh huh. Oh, ringing good. That's a good sign. Hey, Stephanie speaking. Osher and Alicia calling from Cocktails and Roses. Good morning, Steph. Hello. Good morning. Are you all right to talk? Yeah, no, I'm all good. You're all good. Now, I know you're uh, you're very busy. I'm guessing you're in a work-from-home situation. You're a graphic designer? Yeah. So what are you working on today? Because obviously, uh, I don't know if you realise this, but Alicia Aitken-Radburn, she is a font of wisdom. We, we might need some Instagram tiles made up of some rad quotes that she's come up with during the show. <laughs> Oh my goodness! I'd love to do that. <laughs> yeah, we're thinking a Futura font with a bit of, uh, uh, you know, a kind of a, a layered matte cutout, so the actual inside of the font is the photograph of Alicia hiking a mountain in the background. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a brilliant design. I would love to do that. <laughs> okay, we're going to get on that. Uh, you've been practicing along with this quiz every week. How have you been going? Yeah, I, I actually, I like the quiz parties. My knowledge. I feel like I have a bit of that so. Well, I'm glad to hear a graphic designer because our prize today. Oh my goodness! It is a pen and a no- a pen and a notebook. <laughs> I love it. These questions this week are really difficult, so I I'm nervous. I think you get it right. Okay, we've got four questions to get through, uh, and if you get through most of them, uh, we'll give you the prize. All right, so I'll kick off. Actually, no, you should keep You ask the first question. Okay. Um, which Bachelor won the Guinness World Record for longest on-screen kiss? Oh, I, I, I actually do know this one. Sam Wood. Oh, my Nina. God. With Nina. Nina? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Steph, the most uncomfortable four minutes and ten seconds of my entire life because I was about a <laughs> metre and a half from them. <laughs> Watching them now. It was, because I was a witness, it was really weird. Follow-up question, where did that kiss happen? The husband. Two for two. For two. I am so impressed. <laughs> like, this is niche stuff. I love The Bachelor, yeah. but these this is challenging. Okay, which Bachelor had a group date where the women made volcanoes with kindergarten children? Uh, was it? Oh, was it Maddie J? Oh, yeah. Okay. Was it that? I think I remember Tara. Yes, wow. Tara. Yes, it was a very, very like good. That, was, that was a good date because they were sort of like I think it was where Tara really came into her like maternal instinct. She's a nanny, yep. like that's where she yeah. really shone. It was beautiful. That all right. Final question. What was the question that the now engaged Lee Elliott asked to his now fiance Georgia Love on the red carpet? What did Lee ask Georgia on the red carpet? 
wasn't about the donkey and if his ass was big. Oh, my God. Four for four. <laughs> he asked, does my ass look big in that? It was the opening line, and now they're engaged to be married. Look at that. Romance is not dead. Yeah. That was incredible, Steph. I've just got to say, like, those were four very difficult questions. And now you'll be able to complete you'll be able to complete your client briefs on a Zoom call using this exclusive pen and notebook from the Channel 10 prize cupboard. I'm so excited. <laughs> you'll, be able, you'll be able to scan them in and rasterize them and turn them into vector art. Quick sticks. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> Congratulations, Steph. Thanks for calling. Someone will get in touch about how to post that stuff to you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Oh, she was great, Alicia. You got to get to work. We always we always run late, and um, you've got to you got to get to your job. But uh, what a cracking uh, cracking week we are at finale week next week. It's the big one. We're going to get to the end. I don't know if you're going to be able to let your let your boyfriend watch these episodes oh. because that <laughs> this Spoiler is like the real stuff. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah, getting hectic. Like, Oh my gosh, I I haven't even thought it through yet, but I'm so excited. It's always so exciting to know where the finale is filmed. It's always a big one for me. So I am, I'm looking forward to it, Osha. It's, uh, if you remember the super tease, if you remember the promo at the very, very start of the season, you remember that it's an exceedingly emotional moment for our lock. In love with two women. Oof. There is sobbing man, like six foot five hulk of a man bent over sobbing. Wow. Tears. He is that emotionally. It's full on and it's amazing and it's happening next week. Alicia, have a cracking day at work. You too, Asha. Asha.